0: In our stories. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Kendall Lebec. Well, hello, folks. Uh, this is Calvin Pinwell Jr. Uh, this is episode 40 of The Glory in Our Stories. We are 10 episodes shy. Uh, Being um, having 50 in the books. So uh, I wanted to thank everyone so far uh, for taking time out of their lives for me to pretty much dissect uh, their experience. Again, this is The Glory in Our Stories, uh, episode 40. Uh, Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Kendall Levesque. Hey, how's it going? Uh, It's going pretty well, man. Um, For those of you who are listening who have been listening, I always like telling small stories uh, in representation of how I met them, the people that I interviewed. Um, Kendall was actually our first attendee of the first Create conference of Create Augusta. Uh, this took place earlier this year. And I remember, I think it was, uh, we, I think we were supposed to have started at nine and it was before then. And we looked outside and I was like, somebody's already here. And it was, it was Kendall and when he walked in uh, he pretty much explained how serious he was about uh, his gift and his passion and that excite us even more Uh, so i was just telling him a few minutes ago um, that that was something that propelled us forward this was something new to all of us um, but actually seeing somebody who took it serious took what they did very seriously just as much as we did with what we do um, it was just a reminder that this is something that needs to be done. Uh, this is something that a lot of people have been looking forward to. So I wanted to take the time um, to interview this guy because uh, I've seen a lot of your posts on Instagram. Uh, I love your covers. Thank you. Um, you have a unique a style and unique voice. And um, I always commend people who are able <laughs> to perform vocally and use an instrument at the same time, that that's that that always blows my mind, and I just and for you to do that well, um, you all make it look so easy. No oh, man, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It, it, it did not come naturally. And, and that's and that's funny because I hear that and I was like, because it looks like it did, and people's like, no, nah, man, it took practice. Oh yeah. And it took a lot of hard work. So um, especially for somebody as uncoordinated as myself. <laughs> But it's funny how you... It just... It looks like something you can just fall into. And, um... Yeah. Playing, um... Acoustic guitar? Right. And, um... You ever tried electric or anything else? I have. I was actually,
1: um... Before I started going down the road I did with choosing genres and finding out who I was as an artist. Yeah. Uh, I played in a bunch of different, like, punk bands and mm-hmm. rock bands in yeah. high school, so...
0: It's funny, because, um... I think a lot of artists start off from bands. And I guess I'll just ask you this out of curiosity first before we get into the questions. Okay. What do you, what what propelled you to say, you know what, I want to do something of my own? Or was did the uh, bands dissolve like they usually do? or
1: Yeah, it was really hard to keep a band together, especially being that we were all teenagers, had all these different things going on. Yeah, We really didn't know what we were doing and didn't <laughs> think it would evolve into anything yeah and um but even back then music was my life Mm -hmm. and uh, i hear a lot of
0: musicians say that and i can vouch for that music was a major part i think music is a major part of all of our lives it's very difficult to go through a day without listening to it um even like for me somebody recently posted i listened to uh it was a meme it said, this is me listening to the same five songs every day <laughs> because it just, it's just something that, um, that you can repeat, something that you can revisit, right. and it just it resonates in you, and it creates a feeling continuously, and you're like, man, I just want to feel that way every single day, For sure. and and be able to find a song or even music in general that does that to you, um, it's like one of the coolest things in the world. Um, but I'll go ahead and ask you though, your first question it's out of
1: curiosity um,
0: were you born where were you born
1: now? originally uh, no I was actually born in Augusta mm-hmm. we live 30 minutes away yeah um, but you know like always the best hospitals were in the city mm-hmm. so that's where I was born
0: <laughs> yeah where did you grow up you grew up here uh, in Thompson you I went did went to school I did oh cool yep we, uh, you ever been to Warrington oh yeah
1: <laughs> Every time the car broke <laughs> down, <out.
0: laughs> <laughs> we, uh, my family, we grew up in Thompson, and for mom for a while, my mom taught in Warrenton, so mm-hmm. we went there. Um, but my mom decided that we should finish like um, middle school, elementary, and high school, and and in Thompson. Okay. And uh, we, well, my sister graduated, my middle sister did, and then I graduated in '04. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah Thompson is um, Thompson is
1: interesting it's a unique place yeah yeah,
0: and it's funny how it's made up because you have you have I-20 and of course all that stuff wasn't there right yeah uh, almost what 14 years ago mm-hmm. and um, and it's funny how it's building slowly and many people that have left they come back like where did they come from and yeah. I was like where's? Well, it's, it's been there for a couple of years because we we've been there so often Right. And um, the closer you get to the middle, you get towards, um, like I call it the retiree section, <laughs> like where the uh, the uh, stadium, the football stadium is, okay. the brick house, the brick house, and um, middle school, which is now Norris, is that right?
1: It is. It actually started out as the high school. Really? Yeah. It was actually the high school first, uh, and then the middle school. Yeah. And then. Uh, I guess they outgrew Norris, or outgrew the safety codes, or whatever. Yeah. So they moved them there. And I know that they, because uh, by the time I left,
0: they were just building. Were they building? They were building the gym. That's behind the high school. That's the gym now. Isn't okay. It? Yeah, it is. And then when I left, and going back and forth, I saw that they were building the the high school nine and tenth grade. Right. And now the high school is eleven and twelve. Right. So they have the Norris. I don't know. Norris is still across from the track, right? Right. So that's still the elementary school, mm-hmm. or the middle school. Sorry. the The one that's across from the uh, football field.
1: Right. They rebuilt the old Norris because it was a historical yeah. school.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, that was uh, I remember crossing the Norris that rode between the north and the track. And then I remember a truck was coming toward us. And the truck driver didn't want to hit us. So he swerved. And the truck flipped over. Oh, wow. Right before that, that crosswalk. And I remember it because I remember the guy trying to get out of the window as it fell. And it, it didn't crush him. Right. Surprisingly. Like, he got out and he was like, yo, I wasn't... He shouldn't have been speeding, obviously. Right. But he was like, I just didn't... I didn't want to hit you all. So he... I I never forget that because it was it was a whole lot, bunch of kids out there, um, but I sometimes do run into people that are here. They used to go to Thompson, and um, a lot of people here that are used to Augusta, they like Thompson. What's what's that? And I was like, where's thirty minutes heading west, going towards uh, <laughs> Atlanta? And um, growing up, I can. What was that like for you as a, as a child? Like growing up in Thompson.
1: It was a unique place to grow. There really wasn't much to do. Yeah. um, Other than get in some sort of trouble. Yeah, of course. Which luckily I stayed out of most of that. Yeah. um, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just kind of slow paced. Yeah. Which I can appreciate that now with everything that's been publicized in the news lately. Mm -hmm. I can really appreciate that laid back kind of living because you get to learn what's important. Yeah. Rather than being bombarded with all this other stuff.
0: Yeah. Um. So at one point, so you've always been fond of music. I take it. So at what point did you start getting interested in like playing and, and singing and, or at least when when, when did you get become a part of it? When was your first band experience? Oh, what
1: was that like? My first uh, band experience was actually in high school. Yeah. We were pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we had a drummer. Um, he's. He's gone on to be in another band now down in Statesboro. Yeah. But at the time, he knew, like, one simple pocket beat. <laughs> and he thought he was amazing, which he's an awesome guy. But, you know, time yeah. changes everything. <laughs> but uh, then we had me on rhythm and vocals, of course. Mm-hmm. And then we had one of my best friends, uh, Jose Depaz, on lead. Yeah. All of us being shy little teenagers that thought we had the world by the tail. <laughs> <laughs> what was your... Uh I think you mentioned it before. What was your genre? Back then, it was a lot of punk. Okay. punk pop We went really into the Blink-182 and yeah. Fall Out Boy. Yeah. That's the... Um, my fiance had a
0: 90s party, and that's most of the music that you hear. And it's very nostalgic. Right. Uh, it's obviously a lot different than it is now. For um, sure. But it's still some remnants of... Of 90s and even decades prior, oh. and it's like you you're able to pinpoint. Oh man, that sounds a little bit like such and such from mm-hmm. the early 90s or some somebody from the 80s. Yep. And um, but it's it's difficult for us not to recognize those elements. Yeah. Um, but uh, I always was curious as to how because you see these biop biopics biops um, or. I can't even pronounce it right. But the movie's about bands. Uh, like, um, Bohemian Rhapsody is coming out with Queen. And um, I remember, you remember the movie Rock? I think it's Rockstar with. Um, yep. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Um, what's his Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I forgot his name that quick.
1: If we had been talking about it, I would have known it. Oh, man. <laughs> But anyway, that was one of the
0: coolest movies because you got to see how that was like. I think it was like in the 80s, -hmm. like 80s until the 90s. And uh, you see all these, you see the band members, you all have different personalities and those clash, no matter how old or how young you are. Um, So I can just only imagine how, how they're, and I know, like I said, I guess at that age, it was fun. Everything was fun everything was new uh, did you all write your music or y'all doing covers they uh
1: they want to do a lot of covers yeah. just because they want to see people you know jump up and down and yeah. have a good time but me i was always more of a writer because i had a lot of things going around in my head to get out yeah so i was definitely more the writer in the group so what were you uh what were you writing about um back then a lot of teenage angsty stuff yeah yeah um you know, as we got older, it kind of developed a little bit more. But, you know, when you're young and the world seems like it's spinning around super fast, yeah, and you don't know really what's going on, so that's kind of where I was at at the time. Mm. I wish I could. Uh, well,
0: do you still do you? Did you keep journals? And, I didn't. Uh, just composition books. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, I still have a few of the lyrics that I wrote in school yeah they just really stuck out to me mm-hmm. do you ever go back and do you ever sing them like now I age don't sing them cause everything has changed back then I was like crazy I don't know <laughs> high pitched I guess the word is <laughs> I yeah.
0: mean
1: capo up on the 8th fret and everything dang man it was crazy <laughs> it wasn't good that's what I'm <laughs> telling you but the lyrics they're still some of them still resonate yeah so what was uh
0: so what in is there specific so okay well who which artist
1: at that time was influencing you the most at that time? I'd have to say it was a group from uh Florida called mayday parade mm mm-hmm. they they were just had really earnest songs like they were striving for something, yeah, and like they were trying to tell a story deeper than what they could actually get out, yeah, so.
0: Sounds So were they an indie group Right And it's I didn't learn anything about Indie groups until Maybe 2000s Okay I mean later Maybe 2000s Something like that And I'm like What's and I started to See the difference And That's why I was telling um, My fiance Why I love Independent films Because They take the time To show you more Right Than Hollywood does and that's why they end up winning all these awards because they get to the heart of the matter. Mm. You actually see a person be a human being and, say like, and you can look at somebody and say, that's exactly how I feel. Right. And they illustrate it even better than anybody else. But they don't get awards because it's not popping mm. and it's not giving people to the box office. Right. Like you say about your bandmate that wanted to do covers. And covers are cool, yeah. it's a way to get into the door right. but it's it it, it not, it's nothing like having something of your own and something that expresses how you feel personally for sure.
1: yeah for sure I think originals should be at the core of every musician yeah and if not then I mean cover bands are great they have their place and their time mm-hmm. it's just that for me originals are how you connect with people that's yeah. when you're most vulnerable
0: and that and that's why I'm starting to um Love it. When I see artists who do intimate settings, and you know this, their music, and they tell you, "This Yo, this. is this, I wrote this when I was in this place. I wrote this when I was in that place. Right. And they're usually songs that you've heard before. And they're like, wow. So this is where they were mentally when they put this together. And it puts things in perspective. Because when you listen to the song, you're like, man, how does this person know how I feel? And it's obviously this is something that they went through. And I think um every artist that I that I've seen live they're not commercial artists. Um I hear like it's it's nice to go to a really uh, cool concert but for somebody to sit in front of you and probably sit down and say, "Yo, this this is where I was uh 5 years ago when I wrote this song." And you probably felt this way when you heard it, but this is what I was going through.
1: All right.
0: And um it's funny you said that about being younger and going back to what you wrote as a child. It was very uh, premature going back. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm going to close that door because <laughs> I was a kid. And right. it's just our worlds were so much bigger back then because it was our world. And, right. You know, it included us, our friends, our emotions. But now you start understanding that this world includes more than just us. And yep. it, you become aware of that. And um, and I guess that's what was drawing you to the music at that time when you were younger. Right. And um, I guess you don't. So what do you? So what do you think draws a lot of young kids now to music? Do you think it's the same thing, or do you think it's it's a different approach?
1: I think it's uh, a lot of wanting to be able to relate to something. Yeah. And especially now with the way that it seems like kids have to grow up so quickly. Mm-hmm just to deal with what everything that we're bombarded with. Yeah. Uh, you just want to be able to relate to something, whether that's relating to being carefree or if it's talking about, like, NF. Oh, yeah. I, I don't virtue, yeah. vert, uh, venture very deeply into a lot of hip-hop, but NF is w- definitely one of my favorites because he talks about issues, and he lets his fans know that he's always there for them, yeah. that he's been through it, through the parents with drug issues or substance mm-hmm. abuse and things of that nature I think it just goes back to wanting to connect, yeah. wanting to understand what's life about there's a lot of um, there's a lot of
0: pain in his lyrics and a lot of people as it, I guess it reminds me of um, I forgot the name of, it's the phone number for, uh, oh my good Logic the right. song that came out years ago, a couple of years ago, it was about the Suicide Hotline. Right. And I remember watching him perform it live and I, I got teared up because that was his way of saying, yo, understand. And I'm here. I'm here for you. Right. And hearing that from N.F., especially about N.F.'s mom, I, I was like, bro, like that's, I can't imagine losing my mom to that, let alone anything. But having to undergo that and experience that from the outside, like man, this is this is a reality, and I think that, like you said, it's it's something that these kids need. Um, That was a quote from uh, the Breakfast Club from nineteen, I think it was the year nineteen eighty five, and it was a quote from David Bowie, and he was talking about how the kids, they like these kids that you see, they are aware. Of what's going on They're aware of the politics They're aware of the um, The justice system They're aware But just because they don't see it the way you do Doesn't mean that it doesn't affect them Right And like you said It's, it's music that they can relate they're, they're looking for music that they can relate to So when we hear certain artists Express themselves the way that they do like mean, it's, it's, not, it's not such and such But it's, 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 the, it's where they are now in 2018 right. exactly uh, are there other, any other artists today that you're into that you really like you really for like sure.
1: for sure there's been a few especially lately yeah. um I get into a lot of Jason Isabel of course he started with a country band Drive By Truckers mm-hmm. but his solo stuff it just really hits home yeah cause it's about exploring himself and the mistakes he's made mm-hmm. and then artists like Tyler Childers um and actually, I've been getting into Culture Wall a lot, which he has a very big Johnny Cash sound, but yeah. at the same time, it's like modern folk. Mm-hmm. So. so, do you? Um, so, what do you draw to? Do you draw to lighthearted music,
0: or do you just venture in all directions, depending on I guess in the mood you're in?
1: I like it all. Um, lighthearted's cool, but I feel like you get more out of the darker stuff. Yeah, I I shouldn't say darker. I'm, more earnest more self-searching stuff mm-hmm. because honestly it's a journey I mean music's a journey life's a journey and we're all looking to learn yeah so
0: that's uh that reminds me of uh when the man comes around I love that song yeah. <laughs> I, I remember uh it was uh <laughs> it was the movie uh, what's his name he's uh Dane Dan was it Dane Cook I think it's Dane Cook I might be saying his name He was a comedian And he was being a jerk I think it was Good Luck Chuck I'm not sure But there was a scene He was at a wedding And he just started drinking And he just went on <laughs> So that song came on When the man comes around And I was like It was describing him Because he was dressed in black And he was just He was pretty much Telling the ought to look out He's about to do whatever He's about to do A lot of crazy stuff but that made me more curious about Johnny Cash, and I remember him saying that he wrote he wore black because he was dress he was dressed for death. Is that right? right or did he what do you remember what was that in reference to him dressing like being always dressed in black in his persona?
1: I don't always remember, yeah, but um, it's along that lines,
0: yeah, so. and it was something about the way that he delivered his music and what he was saying mm hmm and it, it was very dark, right? Very dark. And but the reason why I love that is because he basically took a portion of Revelation and he put it in a song, mm-hmm. and he just personified death. And to talk about that and make it sound good is very hard to do. It is. Yeah, it's, it's very good. hard to do, but he did it very well. And uh, that's one thing I do admire about him. I always have is his um, candidness. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much talking about the struggles of being not just a man but a human being, right? And embracing it, right? And um, I even love. uh the a man named Sue.
1: Like oh, that yeah. was that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> it, it's funny, but it's pretty uh, morbid too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's why it's funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, so what is when it comes to your writing music? Do you find it hard to write about particular subjects, or are you? Is it easy for you to just, I guess,
1: let it all out? To be honest, I find it hardest to write a lighthearted song. Really? Yeah. It's just I don't know. Growing up, um, writing lyrics and music was just how I dealt with things. Yeah. So it was kind of an escape for me, and uh, there's not a lot of lighthearted stuff that I would talk about. Yeah so like all my friends they'd be like well we need a song about going out on the weekends or something i'm like well i can't because i don't feel that (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah so it's honestly it's it's a struggle to write candid lyrics Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what's the uh what's the toughest thing you've ever had to write about um i would say recently when uh we lost one of our own singer songwriters to uh bipolar depression oh wow this was a close friend of yours, or? Uh, we weren't as close as I would have liked to be. Yeah. Uh, in the music scene in Augusta, we're all pretty close. We all, you know, kind of feel like family. Yeah. Um, but I do remember when I was, it was just after the CREATE conference, and mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I can do this thing, and I can make it feasible. Yeah. Me and him actually sat down at Metro Coffee House, and we were having conversations about how to get the crowd more involved and just how to progress. Yeah, and uh, that was just a moment that stuck out to me because him with the amount of success he had just thinking about somebody that wanted to pursue that and that looked up to him mm-hmm. meant a lot especially now knowing what he was struggling with
0: yeah now was would you say that his symptoms were surface level or it was it sometimes or did you know you were aware of uh, what was going
1: on we were after a while though he kept it pretty professional and pretty quiet. Yeah. Um. And he had s- seeked out a little bit of treatment the months before it happened. Hmm. And um, it just, I don't know. I don't know what was going through his head. Yeah. Now but, was was he? But he was also a musician,
0: right? Right. Now, did you? Was he expressing that in his performances,
1: or you, did you could hear it? Yeah. In ways. But, you know, we don't always pick up on that at yeah. the moment. We're so focused in the atmosphere. And a lot of his shows being at bars and clubs. Everybody's, you know, having a good time, having a couple of drinks, and we're not looking for that. Yeah. And I, I kind of had to take back what I said about us being there for people. Because when you don't recognize the signs or don't know how to recognize the signs... You don't know how to be there. Yeah. So I think it's more of an education thing, or rather than a caring
0: mm-hmm. thing. So what do you? And I know I know you've been hearing everybody knows about it. So what do you think about this issue with, with uh, Kanye and what he's going through? Would you say that it's in, in relation to because I mem- he mentioned he was bipolar. Right. Do you think it's a relation to that, or is there a certain point where he's just Probably going beyond that, like, what how do you feel about his reaction to uh, the public and what he's ex- been expressing, I guess, in the last right. few months?
1: Um, I feel like some of it's genuine feelings, yeah. Um, then again, you can never really know what's going through somebody's head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times people do like to market themselves a certain way just so they can get something out of it. Yeah. I'm not saying he is, but. He's a smart marketer. I yeah. would say that. Because
0: <laughs> everybody, people say, "So Kanye, what that what that album at?" Like that's because right. that's that's what they're anticipating. Uh, but then there are some of us who are genuinely concerned. Can get to the point like, I think something's wrong. Yeah. Because it's it's a little bit too extreme, and you. But when you're a celebrity, I guess it's very hard to say where something ends and where something begins, because right. the overall perspective is this is just like you said, it's a marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. Something's gonna come out and all this is gonna go 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 away. Um, but with him, you see the signs. Right. But when it comes to like our friends and family who express who are living life just as normal as they have before. Mm-hmm. But it's just the small things that they probably do differently. Um, I had a friend a couple of years ago. uh, She was a poet. And she, uh, she uh, she asked to borrow a book from me. And the book is about a young boy who's highly depressed, huge introvert. And the whole book is written from his perspective from the outside. Like that's how he lives his life. He doesn't live his life for himself. He just looks at the world. And wishing he could have did this, wishing he was like he, he was bold, as bold as this person, or as um, attractive as that person, but he never lived life for himself. And when I, when she got the book and she said, "Yeah, I loved it. I really sympathized with the main character," and I was like, "Huh. Well, the main character is this way. Oh, she probably just like dark stuff like I do." Right. Uh, but she ended up committing suicide like months later, and I remember. I really, it's it's so weird. I text her after the fact because I was like, "Is this?" I literally texted, "Is this real?" And and she never responded. And I'm like, "This is real." I actually went to her funeral, and I was like, "This this really so, like so stuff like this happens, and you can just pack, um, and just pack it upon." all this exterior things to the point that you really can't see to the core what's going on. Right. And um, it really bothers me when I hear about this from artists uh, because with artistry, this is our form of expression. But even then, it's it's hard to see like the full picture. Right. Because you can utilize music to say whatever and do whatever you want. You can tell us you're happy, but knowing that deep and next you're able to read between the lines... And decipher what's really there, mm-hmm. you don't really know. Um,
1: and I think sometimes with our personal friends and family members, I know personally sometimes I don't want to see it. Yeah. To see the signs, I, I, guess. Yeah, I understand that because that makes me accountable. And how do you be accountable? Yeah. For something like that. And I remember when
0: she past i i felt i slightly felt responsible because i remember contacting her months before and i was like did i did i play an act in this or what did i or didn't do can i have done something better or can i have left something alone and one of my friends had to say hey that's not you need to let that go it's not your fault right it's not your fault um but losing artists Especially artists to that Because these artists do what they do so well You, you perform so well And you uh, express yourself And you illustrate so well But there's something dying inside of you And the music is not filling the void mm. So obviously you need something more right. So what, it, what drives you more What actually drives you as an artist?
1: Um, I, would, I would say honestly Starting out and it still continues Through now just in a different way knowing that I can reach out to people yeah you have a platform that nobody else has you know yeah your parents are always there they're gonna love you your friends are always there they're they're gonna love you mm-hmm. but with music it's always more personal
0: it's amazing um, how we can develop such camaraderie amongst our, our fellow artists maybe um, come closer than blood <laughs> but um, the depression the idea of depression and anxiety is becoming something that's a little bit it's a lot more threatening than anything else and it's because it's an internal battle and if you don't pay attention to the signs you miss it um so hopefully we can uh, develop a sense of closeness so that we can be aware of these things and just do the best we can and be more involved in each other's lives um but i hope you all are enjoying the the interview so far kendall was an awesome person with a big heart um So continue to listen, learn more. Uh, This is episode forty of the Glory in Our Stories, uh, featuring Kendall Lebec.
1: And it's just knowing that I could be there for people and help them with some of the things that I went through. Yeah. That I, I, even though I wasn't alone in them, I felt like I was alone in them. Mm -hmm. So,
0: so has um, in reference to music, has music always been your passion?
1: It has. Um, ever since I can remember you you can ask anybody I was banging on pots and pans (laughs) just trying to get it out of me yeah yeah it's fun it's I would say that uh, if it wasn't my passion I would have put down the guitar as soon as I learned how much work it was (laughs) yeah that's true it's a lot of work
0: Um, and it's funny like that because um, I guess for even now when I make decisions I realize that you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is the pain worth it? Is the lack of sleep worth it? Is missing out on that to do this, is it worth it? And then most of the time with that answer is yes. You're like, yo, I'm doing what I love doing. And um, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about our youth is that I think our parents obviously see it before we do. And some people look at it, lot oh, it's just a child being a child. I'm like, no, there's it's, it's something there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would you did your parents encourage your passion?
1: As much as they could. We didn't really have a, a whole lot as far as income coming in Yeah, growing up, especially in my latter years of adolescence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but as much as they could encourage me, they did.
0: And uh, that's one thing we try to inform parents is that please support your children. Because if you don't, then somebody else will. But in the process of doing that, they're going to be taking something from them. Right. And that's not what you want. So going back with the element of having people that you can rely on, people that can rely on you, that's very, very important. Because if you make it like big to the point, like you're on the, television, on the, on the big screen, and you're doing live shows, and you're selling out arenas, those people that were in your circle, those are the people that are going to be most important mm-hmm. to you. Right. And hopefully if they stay around Because everybody else just wants A piece of your pie That you presented to the world For sure um, But given the, getting their support um, For your, your parents is, is very Very important I know not everybody gets it um, And that's That's the sad part because You see a child Or an individual Highly talented But to the parent A uh, close friend of mine made a good Explained it uh, perfectly when it comes to artistry, the path in the future isn't always clear. But when you go into college for like uh in medical school or for being in the end, and um become a business owner, right? That's easy. That's okay, you're gonna do this, take this step, take this step. Next thing you know, you're gonna be getting six figures, you're fine. Yeah, but it as it seems a, logical, yes. Yeah. But as an artist, like it's like going up in smoke or walking into a fog, you can't really see it. And, um, but I'm glad that your, your parents were able to do that because that's, that's very important. Right. It's very, did you also receive the support from, um, well, have you had any, ever had anybody in your life that actually said, um, something negative in opposition to what your parents probably told you? Like there's, you're never going to amount to anything or this is something that you're probably wasting your time with.
1: Oh yeah, all during my uh, childhood in school. Yeah. Yep. I was you know, always a heftier kid, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily like, fit in with everybody. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that they were just looking back now. I know they were insecure of themselves. Yeah. But at that time, it just seemed like they wanted to hurt somebody else. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely had some people uh, tell me I couldn't do it. Yeah. And then as soon as they see that, well, it's mm-hmm. not just something I'm talking about. Something I'm going to do. Yeah. Like, recently, I've had some people that I never thought would say something like this come up to me like, I'm proud of you, man. You're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, coming from you, that's that's a big change. Yeah.
0: And uh, running into old classmates is always fun because they o- they
1: only remember you being a certain way right. when you were younger. Well, there's a million versions of yourself yeah I was seeing that the other day where there was a I'm not sure if it was a short story or an actual book mm-hmm. about how many versions of yourself there are and it goes back into nobody ever knows who you are to you
0: yeah so Wow
1: everybody has a preconceived notion of who you are
0: yeah I uh, dang, what was that it was a movie and um, somebody said to us we're the heroes of our own story mm-hmm. but to somebody else you're their villain right and even when you have best intentions you're you're giving someone as hell and you're like I'm not trying to and I said but that's just that's their world that's the way they perceive it right. um, but in their eyes you're always going to be possibly the bad guy oh yeah but it's just a version of you that they're used to um, but you may be something completely different when you're around your family and the people that you love
1: right.
0: And um thinking back on the versions of myself, i I, I, was a, <laughs> I was a punk. like I was so scared, I was so afraid, so I just poured myself into my writing. so mm-hmm. if and my mom can contest said the only reason why I knew that you felt a certain way was because I read what you wrote. I never just walked up to her and had conversations, not up until um, probably the end of high school, up until now. But I didn't know how to articulate my my feelings because I didn't think I could. So I was just, just write it out and it was easier for me to do that. And do you find it easier to perform and to write than it is to communicate how you feel or do both of them go
1: hand in hand for sure it's definitely a lot easier to write and perform than just having a conversation with somebody you care about yeah and then saying something that might come across the wrong way and upset them when you're really just trying to get it off your chest yeah it's a lot easier
0: <laughs> do you feel this way when you perform every single time or like how yeah. What what is it that you feel when you're when you're up there and you're doing what you you doing what you do I, I know it's feeling. I know it's a different experience for every artist but how is it how is it for you? Uh,
1: for me you know yeah there's a little bit of nerves because you don't get on stage and are a little bit nervous and yeah. you probably don't have a passion for it <laughs> that, that's true <laughs> it's not really nervousness it's uh,
0: like excitement
1: right yeah right energy yeah um, and then after that once you get warmed up to the crowd it's just raw emotion mm-hmm. want them to feel what you feel yeah and it's the purest kind of communication that I think humans have and that's the um,
0: I, I rather I actually enjoy that when the, an artist can make me feel what they feel knowing that we have completely two different stories and two different experiences but there's always something that's always a commonality that we have and as soon as an artist touch on it and they just explore it I'm like yo I I know I know what you mean man I know how I have feels to it, to be loved and to have lost mm-hmm. and to have hurt and to to be happy and to all of a sudden just into that dark place where uh, not even your closest friends can pull you out of right and a, a dark place that you gotten so comfortable being in and you don't want to move mm-hmm. like I know what that I know what that feels like and um, touching base on that through music going back to speaking to this generation it really helps because it reminds them that they're not the only ones that feel that way right um man like it's i really i enjoy um intimate settings when it comes to local artists because you pass so many you meet so many people and you get an opportunity to see a part of them that you probably would never see anywhere else exactly. seeing them in their natural element and that's 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 beautiful to me, and I love it, especially when an artist has dedicated the entire performance to something that a particular entity in their life, and they're like, yo, this is what happened, this is what it means to me, and I hope this helps you or whatever you feel this this is my." Because you're giving your gift to us Because that's what you're doing You're giving your gift to us And you're not sitting on it (laughs) Because it makes us upset Like bro you've been doing this this whole time And you haven't shared it So I really appreciate when you are Especially like the rise in social media And and you can actually record Your music And just place it on there And just send it out to the world Even if it's a snippet And uh, you're able to uh, promote your next performances Like social media has really helped Uh, the modern artists in so many ways in so many ways
1: I love how you don't have to get trapped in the same contracts that hurt a lot of artists that came before us yeah and um, it's it's amazing how much you can do just on your own Mm -hmm. without anybody you know forcing your hand to do it without having to share the little bit that you actually do make to be able to focus on your music with that yeah you
0: know there was a um
1: I forgot her name.
0: She recently came out with an album. goodness gracious uh she sung boot up it's l I know y'all mm-hmm. gonna get on to me for mm-hmm. forgetting her name, but she said that her career started off on Instagram. She used to do like fifteen second clips of covers. And somebody contacted her and said, so what's your situation? And she just told her. "What well, She said it wasn't a situation. She just, this is how she was living her life. I think she was working, um, make a full-time job mm-hmm. and or part-time job and she just posts random clips and a uh, label contacted her and she just, she blew up. Mm-hmm. And uh, but like you said, and I like that because it, it seems as if she's able to do what she wants to do like back in the day you had to uh, go through a specific process to Mm -hmm. be seen and then everything was standard and they were put in a situation where everything was being pulled from the artist and they were basically being used and I remember them talking about the uh, like the famous 360 deal Um, there was one deal that um, Jojo she was a singer you remember her
1: oh yeah You actually have the same last name Oh really? Yeah
0: She uh Man Like she was She was awesome But do you remember what happened to her? I don't Something happened with her Her label And they Disallowed her To sing any music Until her contract was up Mm -hmm. Because they owned the rights So she couldn't perform live At all And That was crippling to her But as soon as her Contract was up She said I'm gonna do something different um but it was just so what do you, what is your feel on the on the modern music industry opposed to the way it
1: was right.
0: like what 10 years ago
1: god oh, I, I definitely see a change especially in the last week with the um i guess you say acceptance of the music modernization act yeah which closes a lot of the loopholes
0: so what is that exactly
1: um from the way i had it explained to me it's a way to close a lot of loopholes in how artists collect royalties. Okay. Um, I'm not sure exactly what those are legalistically, Mm -hmm. but I know it's going to benefit the artists in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. I've recently heard about artists owning their, um, owning the masters. Mm -hmm. Um, L.A. Cool J owns all his masters. Right. Um, So he he owns his music. Um, Prince did. And, I think Sony was waiting somehow Sony ended up getting access to it I forgot what happened I think it had to happen after he passed
1: yeah I've heard about that
0: but he he owned all his rights that's why you never heard it on Mm -hmm. um, YouTube or anywhere else like you had to you had to buy it if you wanted to hear or even even sample it nobody's ever sampled prints
1: It's amazing how much good stuff it probably is yeah Yeah.
0: so but um, considering that and um, I guess it's monetizing your music, that's what a lot of people are talking about, and just owning owning your own music. And like you said, that's very beneficial for you all. Um, I think that's the beauty of it.
1: Record labels aren't necessarily bad in themselves. Yeah. Um, It's just, we're all human and there's Mm. been people within a record label known to be a little bit Weasley. Yeah. (laughs) So I think owning the master copies of everything you have is Pretty, pretty special. Something pretty special about the direction we're headed.
0: So, what would be your um, what would be your dream scenario as an artist? Like, where 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 do you plan to? What would you love to be? uh, I guess career wise.
1: Career wise, um, you know, it's gonna kind of sound like settling. Of course, every artist wants to be on the big stage, playing internationally. But right now, where my head's at is even if that never became a thing, Mm -hmm. just being able to support myself doing what I love. Yeah. You know, making, even if it's just enough to pay the bills and have a little extra every once in a while, that'd be fine. Yeah. But as long as you're living your purpose. Yeah. Some people's purpose is to work a nine to five, that's what they've decided it is. Mm -hmm. But some people. Just can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> and I tried it. It drove me crazy. Yeah, I, I tried just doing it for two years. I tried just working and couldn't do it.
0: It's um, we need we need outlets. We do, and stuff builds inside. You're like, how do I release this? And right. you can't release it at a desk. You can't. You can't release it um, behind the counter. You just. You can't. And if you do release it, you might lose your job because it might not come out the way that it should in a more productive way. Um, But when you uh, find the time to um, collect it and put it together and, and structure, it becomes something magnificent. It becomes something that's edible for the ear, edible for the heart. And as an artist, I fully understand that because it's hard to go a day without writing. It is. And especially when you're experiencing life and something makes you upset mm-hmm. and bothers you to your core, you have to express that. Right. And when you do, you give other people permission to do the same. You're like, yo, I didn't know you. I didn't know anybody else felt this like this specific way. Mm-hmm. But when you perform, when you write, or even when you take time to post something on on social media, it gives people the opportunity to, to say, this guy is singing exactly what I feel. How is that? I was, fi- I was trying to find a way to put how I feel in the words, and this guy did it. And that's, that's very comforting. That's very, and, that's, and see, that's what puts me, that, that's what draws me to an artist, is that, and especially a new perspective, because you, you hear who they are and what they are through their music, so you want to learn more. Right. Because you know you can't just walk up to them and speak to them because you probably don't know where they are. Uh, but plus, they have lives. You know, you yeah. all have lives. Um, but uh, I guess I actually, this what's the um, from your experience? What do you say is the pros and cons with being an artist, especially a, a local artist?
1: I would say with being a local artist, uh, the pros are you do get to be more connected to your community. Yeah, um, and you do have that platform. But at the same time there's still a little bit of a disconnect because there's still some people that don't see you as another human. They, they just see the, the picture of you that you paint when you're on stage. Yeah. So they, they think of you as a role model and they don't realize that uh, you can make mistakes too. Yeah. Um, and I will say one con, um, as far as the music industry as a whole, goes is for local music is shooting each other in the foot to say when we play free shows just because we want to get started building up. Yeah. I realized I was doing that. And um, actually, when I come to Create Conference, it actually stepped on my toes a little bit about that. (laughs) Because I didn't realize I was hurting anybody playing for free. But when you look back at it, if you're playing for free, why would they ask somebody else to come and play that they have to pay? Yeah. So I'd say that's a big con of being a local artist is some people don't take you serious, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, some people take you too serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's a lot of pros. There's you know all the friendships that you make, mm-hmm. all the um, places you get to go with it. Yeah. So
0: I know for. A lot of guys, a lot of us men, we, they automatically think, well, you can do something like this, you get all the girls. They're like, that, used to be. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> that is not true. And, um, and it's funny when you, and I know you could vouch for this, when, I, when I'm up there, I, I feel like I have a, I have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it's, it has a lot to do with maturity. And it's getting to that point where you're like, you know what? I see things differently now. Yeah. I see them as a whole. Um, you don't just see them piece by piece um, but it's because when I was younger I just wanted to be famous I wanted to be a famous writer that's all I wanted I can still do what I want I just want to be famous even if somebody understands what I say or not mm-hmm. I just express myself the way that I want to and if it makes my, my goal is to just make it into an anthology or have something I've written uh, produced to a movie or whatever that's what I wanted but the more I got around people that were different than me, and the more I realized that other other people had different hurts right. and different scars, and I'm like, wow. I never looked at it that way. Right. So what could I do to help them where they are now? And that's why I say what I do has to be therapeutic because it helped me. Mm-hmm. But if it can, but yeah, if it can help me, I know it can help somebody else.
1: Right.
0: Um. And it's funny you said that about doing things basically for free um that's something that i had to because that that was that was a learning experience for me as well everything that my the other staff members and everybody else was talking about oh this that was information that i had to take in Mm -hmm. and that i had to consider because the first thing that we want to do is humble ourselves and say well this is an opportunity but if you do something very well Why not be compensated for it? Right. Especially since that's your time. That's your energy. Right. And you put so much into it. And and it's funny how people will take uh, the work that you do at a nine to five and then compare that to the work you put into performing Mm -hmm. and um, scheduling your time uh, to perform at certain venues. And if you're a part of a band, you got to consider their life. You got to consider how to... uh, uh, split the earnings to them and doing all like this it's it's not easy right it's not easy
1: people see an hour to two hours tops of what it takes to pull that performance together yeah I mean an artist honestly puts in I would say 80 or more hours a week I honest, I perfectly believe if you want to do, yeah. do it the right way yeah We we put in about 80 hours a week and a lot of times you don't necessarily see any kickback from that yeah so it's and not to seem like it's all about you know the cash flow or anything like that but to an extent it is because you know when you go to college you're there to find what you want to do what Mm -hmm. makes you happy and be able to support yourself off of that yeah and it's the same thing with music i mean honestly i believe none of us were made to be rich we're just made to be content, yeah, and be happy. And if if you find what that is, you should do it. I totally agree. And it's funny
0: because um, when when do, when we see performances like the Super Bowl right. halftime of the Super Bowl, um, that may be like a thirty minute, forty five minute, maybe an hour performance. Right. But to make something that we think is perfect, they had to spend hour after hour after hour perfecting that Mm. i give mad props to anybody who does choreography because i'm not there oh yeah (laughs) all the timing and uh in the uh, synchronizing i'm like yo i and you have to do that while you sing you have to do that man bruno mars is one of the best entertainers i've ever seen in my life
1: he's amazing Man, And I don't mean to say this to take anything away, but, I mean, he's been doing it from a young age. Yeah. And to think of him doing all this performance and entertainment at, like, you know, I don't know how young he was, probably, like, eight, nine, ten, you know, when he could be out there playing baseball or throwing a football or whatever, Yeah, chasing some girl around with a stick, you (laughs) know. It's amazing to see that much dedication even at that age. Yeah. Because it took... Can't imagine how much it took to get him where he is.
0: Because he was even putting in time as a child. Right. And the crazy thing about him true fact, we both share the same exact birthday. Really? Same year, same day. And my sister told me that. And I was like, because it makes you say, like, like that's what I'm doing with my life. Right. <laughs> but he, uh, he, is, he is awesome, man. And I was like, because he did the halftime show a couple of years ago. And I remember him coming out And I didn't know he played the drums Did not know that Knew yeah. he can dance, knew he can sing, knew he could play guitar But I did not know he played play the drums And he dude is pretty good But that yeah. takes practice And it takes dedication, it takes work It does And it's, it's, uh, it's sad that sometimes That people have to see you there In order to call you successful
1: mm-hmm.
0: But like you said The moment you become content Say yo I'm good that's like that's the pinnacle right and um would you say that you're getting closer to that point or
1: i'd say i'm getting a lot closer than i was yeah yeah and a lot of it was a mixture of humbling myself but then also not becoming prideful but becoming confident also in who i am yeah and i think we all have that stage in between where you know we get overconfident we have to get knocked back down Yeah sometimes it's knocked back down completely (laughs) and we gotta start over so at one point um what point did you know
0: that yo this is if you can pinpoint it Mm -hmm. like this is how I sing this is what I love singing this is how I love to play Mm -hmm. and this is what I'm gonna do not saying that you're settling but you finally found something in music that's yours right
1: I would say um it has to be recently because it hadn't been long that I actually started playing again. Yeah. I remember I took a about a two year break and then um, about six months prior to coming to Create Conference was when I started playing out again. Oh wow. And uh, I really found my voice among artists like uh, City and Kalore mm-hmm. and uh, more folky stuff. Of course now I see more roots coming out in the <laughs> way I talk and everything. Um and it was honestly, it's just a long journey. Yeah. And I, w- I would say it's still going on, but the biggest point has to be recently when I started taking it more serious and playing it for shows. And I'm like, hey, this sounds good. This is where my range is. Mm. I don't need to go outside of what, what I do. Like Mark's, Mike Sarge said, stay in your lane. Yeah. And um, that was a reminder for me as well, because yeah. I,
0: I don't consider myself, and not stepping on toes of the spoken word community, their their technique is something that I've always admired. That's what got me into spoken word right. was the the drama the dramatization, and uh, watching um, deaf poetry like that. I've seen so many people step on and step off that platform, and every performance is unique in its own way. But for you to, like, perform to the point that you can probably hear somebody's tear fall off their face and hit their shirt. Like, that's how quiet it got at times. Because you were consuming what somebody was giving you. And, right. like, man, this is, that's what I wanted. I wanted to create that emotion so that people for could sure. feel your performance. Um, but I I realized that I'm not the type of poet. And I'm, a, I'm just I'm just different. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make either one less or more effective. Right. Uh, but like you mentioned, what Mike Mike did say is stand in your lane,
1: and you're like, there's nothing wrong with that. No,
0: there's nothing wrong with that,
1: and it's it's more of an encouragement actually, saying that what you're doing is working. Yeah. Um, I remember, like I said, when I was doing the punk stuff, I always thought, well, my voice isn't deep enough, or <laughs> well, my voice isn't, I can't hit those notes or get that loud. Yeah. Or I can't scream because I, I got into a little <laughs> bit of the. Uh, hardcore metal stuff too. Yeah. And when you finally find something that connects with you, it's it's magical.
0: It is. It is. And it's that's the best way to to uh to describe it. And it's not when you get up there it's not butterflies. It's 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 a it's a it's a tasty chemical combination. And it's like, "Yo, I'm up here and I'm about to do what I love doing." mm mm-hmm. Mhm and like you said if you get up there and you don't get butterflies or not, or if you don't get that tingling feeling right. it's something's not right you should like,
1: stop doing what you're doing yeah, yeah
0: like the magic isn't there anymore
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's what I I don't want that and I know a lot of people a lot of us don't like get nervous because we think it's going to hinder uh, the performance right but I think that creates the best experience because right. you're literally going to give all you have
1: oh yeah the best visual representation I can think of is, I uh, can't remember what movie it was. It was a Disney movie or something where, like, they went a bear at the fair, and they're like, oh, my God, it's so fluffy, and they're oh. just so excited.
0: Um, was it Despicable Me? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's actually how it feels to step on stage. Wow. So what
0: if you, um, do you ever, would you, obviously, you wouldn't oppose. You wouldn't oppose being on the stage with, like, thousands of people. No. But
1: I, I would not <laughs> oppose. <laughs> um, I wouldn't want it to be tomorrow though. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Um,
0: but I ask you this, um, for the sake of time, I ask you this one last question. Um, from beginning to when you were the day you were born to now, what would you define as the glory in your story?
1: Um Honestly, the glory of my story is that I didn't give up yeah. when I wanted to. We um, I mean, all talk about it a lot, but I've had my own battles with uh, anxiety mm-hmm. and depressive thoughts, and uh, that's an ongoing thing that we all have, yeah, on mm-hmm. some level. And uh, just the days that I wanted to go bury myself in a hole, I didn't do it. I stood back up, and not to my own strength but from God and the people I had around me I was able to continue going Hmm. and I think everybody can do that we just need to be there for each other and I'm hoping that's what I bring to the table through my music and um,
0: doing it together we live in a time where it's so easy to create separation right um, especially on social media Um, When you voice your opinion, the next thing you know, you feel these arrows on your back. And you're like, you remove yourself, but the point was you wanted to include yourself, but now you can't. Mm -hmm. Because nobody wants to try. Nobody wants to actually be there for you during those times. And I'm glad that a lot of artists are talking about anxiety. Mm -hmm. I experienced it. Um, I didn't know I had it um, until somebody that I knew said that they had it and I was like oh so that's what that was right. and um, like you said it's becoming more frequently becoming more frequent and a lot of artists are allowing it to consume them to the point where they'd rather um, leave than stay and have you know and, and try to get through it so right. it's not the easiest thing to go through um, but fortunately like you said getting back up Falling is not the problem. But getting up, that's
1: that's what that's strength. When it from. hard, yeah. yeah,
0: and having people in your corner to support you, for sure, it's very important.
1: It makes a difference. Yeah, and uh, I really hope that's what I'm expressing. I have to catch myself sometimes. You know, we all get a little self-absorbed, mm-hmm. but uh, you just got to step back and say, "Hey, how can I make this person's day?" better even if it's just with a hey or a smile or or a general hey I love you man keep going (laughs) (laughs) Um, before I go
0: I would say that I really thank you for you being who you are not just as an artist but as an individual Um, the the personality that you present in general and especially at um, O'Reilly's Oh uh, man Cause it's Cause a lot Like I said A lot of stuff on don't go by cars But I love it When somebody Can approach me You know And say Yo what do you need What do you need help with Opposed to um, Degrading My manhood Cause I've had that Happen a lot Like you're, right. you're a man You should know this But I'm like But I don't know That's why I'm here Right And but you were Very approachable And I really appreciate Just that moment Stuff like that Really means a lot to me So I really appreciate that For sure man Anytime Really appreciate it Um, But for those of you who are listening Again, this is episode 40 Of The Glory in Our Stories Uh, You just got through listening to uh, The awesome journey Of Kendall uh, Lebec. Again, thank you man And I'm looking forward to Whatever you start pushing out Continuously Um, We do plan on attending uh, For those of you who are listening, Create Augusta Do plan on attending local events more Especially with our attendees and their performances, because it's, it's so many of you all doing so many different right. things, and I'm and I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see that Augusta is becoming a place uh, where you can find something, and we're trying to get out of the habit of bringing um, exports, right? You know, or bringing in imports. And it's time that Augusta becomes a place that has exports where we can bring take artists to a. Send somebody to Atlanta, send somebody to California, send somebody to New York, Texas, right. the Midwest, anywhere. And they can think of this place as some as a source, mm-hmm. a place opposed to just a, a venue. Right. So but again, thanks a lot, man. And thanks I really appreciate it. Me. And again, for those of you again are listening, episode 40 of the Glory in Our Stories with uh, Kendall Levesque. <laughs>